You may be seated. It's great to see all of you today. I really didn't think you were going to show up. I'll be honest with you. I really didn't think anybody was coming today, and uh, you have proved me and the world wrong, and I'm excited about that. Hey, I know it's a little tough to wear your mask throughout the service, but remember, you're wearing it for your neighbor. This is kind of where we are doing it for the sake of somebody else. So we thank you for enduring that inconvenience at this time. Boy, I'm just kind of dumbfounded to see all of you. You're all looking great. You know, I got my COVID-19 on. I uh, gained about 19 pounds, bought me some cowboy boots to go with it. And, uh, you know, it's amazing the change that can happen in three to six months. For a lot of us, it's been, what, since March, since we've been together? Wow, it is really good to see every one of you. And I hope you guys have been following online. I mean, because... Some of the best stuff I've ever been given by the Lord to speak is right online. And so you can always follow us there as well and download some of the things that have been happening. Um, And one of the odds that the NFL would start the same Sunday that we would come back, huh? What are the odds? He's good. He's good. He's good. He knows what he's doing. Hey, I am glad to be here. And we're in the middle of uh, doing a building series. We have been, I hope you joined us for our cherished service, but we're talking about building because right now we're in a society that seems to be dismantling. And there are some things that uh, probably could use some dismantling and maybe some reconfiguration and some uh, reformation to take place in our country. But we also got to figure out what do we cherish? What is most important? What do we need to hold on? Or what do we need to add back into our lives or back into our country? What do we need to build with? So we've been talking about building. We talked about building friendships last week. And I tell you what, can I just say, you know, speaking to a camera um, every Sunday for the last six months, looking for affirmation from the camera, smiles from the camera, even a boo from the camera. I mean, it's really nice to actually have human beings. So please don't mind if I'm a little bit of excited. But, um, you know, we're talking about building. And so... uh, Today, God wants us to realize that we are a part of the structure that God's building. So I'm going to call you something that you have never been called in a church before. I almost can guarantee that you have never been called this before. You are such a stud. Okay? Yeah, you can you let that drop in there. That's right. You know, ladies, this would have been a good time for you to elbow your husband a little bit, give him a little affirmation today. But you really are a stud. Now, before you leave, before you get offended, uh, you, you really want to just stay because I could make this worse and get on the news or uh, something really good could turn out of all of this. But I'm not referring to a, a, a dude or a, that's super strong and ripped. And I know some of you ladies are like, well, man, dude, you're really into video with this church and you're really into graphics. Uh, this will be a good time for you to put a graphic up for us. Sorry, ladies, you ain't getting that one, okay? (laughs) This is it right here. This is all you're getting. Mr. 19 pounds of COVID-19 right here. (laughs) So, oh boy, make sure we edit that out. Uh, But I'm talking about every one of us being a stud, being a part, referring to that building material. Now, if you have been watching online, you know what I'm doing right now. You know that every one of us builds and in our houses, we, we, we have our walls, and they're all constructed, and they're beautiful. We got the family pictures, the grandkids, everybody up there. But behind all of it is what 
is how the house stands. And these are your studs right here. This is the framing that holds it all together. Your plumbing's tied together as a result of holding onto the studs. You've got your electrical, you've got your drywall here, all of this. And we learned about four weeks ago that the more of these studs that you have, the more load-bearing it becomes, the more the strength of the wall is better. And we talked about our lives being uh, constructed with the Word of God three weeks ago, and the more you get the Word of God in you, guess what? Your wall, your marriage, your family, your country, your life, your community gets more and more strength the more studs that get put in place. But we're gonna find out today that what God's building in our community, that you are actually the studs, that you're actually the material that God is going to be using to create what he wants. He is putting us together as, as a family, as a, as a force to be reckoned with. The church goes beyond friendship. It goes beyond just a group of people that know each other. Church is when we become the framing of the community made in the image of God by God. There is no other organization on the planet that has that description, that we are made in the image of God as a community and that we are being built by God uh, as a community. No other organization, no matter how much you feel about America, no matter how much you feel about any other uh, political party, or no matter what you feel about any other nation on this country, on this planet, we are, as the body of Christ, being built together in the image of God and being built personally by God. But I'm not the only one to draw these similarities from building. I mean, the scripture does it. God actually inspired the apostle Peter. Uh, he's, he said, listen, I want you to use that study illustration also. I want you to kind of, you know, Lay it out what I'm doing to the people around you. He said this in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 4. He says, As you come to Christ, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. So already he's talking building materials. He's talking about the chief cornerstone. He's talking about the foundation of the building. He says, As you come to Christ, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. All of us are part of the building materials of God building this spiritual house, this temple, this, this habitat of his presence. All of us are being built together to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. See, we are being built up into something. We don't just do church. We don't just do this on Sunday morning. This isn't, you know, Maybe four months ago, I began to think, about four months ago, I'm thinking, you know, yeah, we're screwed. You know, offerings started to drop. People's interest in church began to drop. And I, was, and I was really thinking, it's like, well, if they don't have the word of God in them, if they don't have enough studs inside of them, they're, they're going to fall away. They're going to get caught up in the hate and the anger and, and the rage and the, all the other stuff that's going on inside of our country right now. And, and, and I, I was really at a point where I'm like, wow, you know, I, I considered opening up the paper and seeing, you know, what does a 61-year-old preacher do after a church folds, you know? And it was, I was kind of looking at all that. And, and, and then God reminded me, he said, listen, Paul, you're not building, you're not the building, you know? You're, you're one of the building materials. I'm doing the building. And there's no economy of America, no virus in America, no discord in America that's going to interrupt the building of what I'm building. 
And so God was just kind of communicating, Paul, you got to realize what I'm building you into. We're not just a building. We're not just a nonprofit. We're not just, and you know, somebody said to me, well, you know, if, if certain people get elected, they're going to do away with the nonprofit status of churches. Therefore, people won't get tax breaks when they give. Therefore, the giving will drop, and all these nonprofits will be scrambling for money, and, and, and a lot of these charities will disappear. And, and it's like, you know, Paul, just stop. You know, maybe you were having your own personal moment about what it would have been like to go to have COVID-19 or how are you going to do school, how are you going to do family, or, or, or maybe you've fallen into a habit of about 10 o'clock deciding to break out a bottle of wine, you know? Are you, are you, you don't have to shake your head yes, but maybe, maybe, maybe you got there, normally you waited for about 4.30, 6 o'clock when you got home to maybe have six ounces, but it started at about 10 o'clock. Why? Because, you know, you just couldn't see anybody building anything. And God says, Peter, and now he tells me, he says, Paul, I want you to tell them I'm building. I'm building something different than anything else that's being, on, being built on this planet. I'm building my church and that we are the house of God. We are assembled by God. Now, when I talk about that, um, am I talking about 1941 Beast Ferry Road right here? this location, this building that we're at. Well, let me put that, you know, we always talk about, you know, well, the, the church is really this and the church is really that and, and, and I'm a full believer in that, but we are a spiritual house, but yet we're dwelling in a, in a physical world. You say, well, we don't need a building. Yeah, I get it, I, I get it, we don't need a building. We could configure church in a different way in small groups, and that's one of the things that we're doing, and today is the day that we kick off our small groups, and that's how you connect, that's how you become framed together in the wall with other people, and be a part of the building, is to be in relationship with people, and let me encourage you to go into the back and sign up for one of our small groups. We're not just doing it because we just wanna keep ourselves busy. Football's back, I don't need anything to stay busy. I'm a fantasy football nut. I can fish, the fish are biting. I can stay busy, but I have to make the choice. Do I want to be a part of what God's building? Something that cannot be stopped, something that cannot be overcome. And so we gather here, but we're, we're, we're in a, we're a spiritual house, but in a physical world. And I began to think this out. And this building is not simply a gathering place, but it signifies and makes visible the church living in this place. Whether people like it or not, when they drive by, they look and they'll see Crosstown Church. They will remember, whether they believe with us or not, that the church is still visibly present in this place. They will know that the good people that do missional work in this community gather every Sunday here and there. It is a reminder to our community and to our world that this physical building serves to remind us and the world that God is still at work and he's present and he's still here. So we don't poo-poo the building. We don't just say, well, we don't need the building. But now this is a reminder. As long as we can have this reminder, it reminds the world that God is at work and people are still gathering, even in a hostile environment, are still gathering and choosing to worship the Lord our God. But he's empowered us to be more than the building. And I think we all know that to be something more than this physical building. And Peter said why we were being built together, he said this, here's why you're being built together. You are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Together we're being framed 
into a, peace, uh, into a priesthood. Just like that wall is framed together and tied together, we are being framed together to be a priesthood. Some rooms are framed to become a den. And there's an intentionality behind the wall. I know some of our folks here have just built a house, but it's funny when you walk through a house that's being framed, you can begin to see what it's going to become. And maybe the owner or the builder, they have a better perspective, and maybe God has a better perspective of what he's doing in your life than, than you do. But you begin to see, oh, okay, that looks like, so is that where the fireplace is going to go? And you can begin to see the way that the wood is being, you know, uh, mapped out. Then you begin to look, they've got these two pipes coming up, and they're not really, don't got any attachments to it yet. And you say, so this looks like a, a bathroom. Is this where the kid's bathroom is going to be? Yeah, this is where the, and you begin to see what's going on behind the wall. You begin to see in the framing as it's being built. And so some rooms are turned into kitchens, and you can see the framing for that. But we are being framed together to be a priesthood. Now, I know you're wondering what that means. So I want you to throw away your modern conception of what a priesthood is. I was raised Catholic all of my life, so I pretty much got, I, I know what priesthood looks like. So let's throw aside some of those images. A priesthood is this. It simply is this. It's those called to be people word for God and God word for people. That's what a priesthood does. No fancy robes. Don't worry, you don't have to wear robes. No, no pointy hats at the top, you know, anything like that. I mean, let the New Orleans Saints fans wear that. You know, whenever they pan, you'll always see some bishop, right, or you see some guy dressed like the Pope. Um, no staffs, no Latin, whoo, no Latin, and, and no special hookahs that you got to smoke out of or anything like that. There's, I mean, there's none of that. I mean, that's not what we're talking about priesthood. What we're talking about is being fitted together to bring God to people and bring people to God. That's what he wants to do. And I think that we have been intentionally be given by God for over the last three months to see what it looks like when the church goes quiet. When we can't gather as a church, I think we've seen the ruckus that has occurred. Now, again, a lot of change needs to happen in our country, and a lot of things gotta be reformed. But I think that as we look, as we begin to look at different things around, we began to see, it's like the roof came off this country, didn't it? In the last three months, I would have never thought we would be at the place where we are, where there's a city on the West Coast that is constantly burning because of rioting. Not because of any vision for, for racial equality that our country desperately needs, but just, just anarchy in the cities of our nation. And so we're beginning to see that some of the organizations that we would have trusted on are just not able to deliver. And God says, no, that group over there, um, uh, let me just say it. The Republican Party, that's not my priesthood, okay? The Democrat Party, uh, that's not my priesthood. BlackLivesMatter.com, that's not my priesthood. You know, some neo-Nazi white group, white supremacist group, that's not my priesthood. And I think we've had, you know, I would even say this. Medicine and science, as good as they are, that's not my priesthood, you know? Um, it's, and I'll explain a little bit more what I mean by that, but God's like, no, I am building my priesthood, and, and my priesthood is all the people that I'm connecting together to bring people to God and God to people around us.
And that's what God's called us to do. No bloody burnt sacrifices, no burnt offerings. Christ has already accomplished all that, that sin justification on our behalf on the cross. He has accomplished that. But we offer the spiritual sacrifice of gratitude through a life of worship, of truth, and of love to our community and the people around us. So the church is not just some ornamental or decorative structure with no functional purpose. So I have to admit, we jacked this building up while you guys weren't here. I mean, uh, our, our, uh, I mean, blue became our favorite color. You know, we just decided, you know why we did that? We decided to embrace the idea that God has taken us through water. And so our new church slogan is watermarked by hope. We are people who have gone through adversity and have been watermarked with the hope of God. And our society needs to know what it's like to have the watermark of hope on it because the whole world is being flooded in chaos right now. And we're called together as a priesthood. We've been raised up. We went through our adversity a little bit early. Why? Because God said, listen, I'm gonna need a load-bearing wall that's gonna be able to help society get through the craziness that it's walking through. How about Crosstown Church? And I'm like, absolutely, let's do it. And so that's why we're gathered together, that God has done something wonderful, but we're not here just to be pretty. The church was never designed to be a place that we hide away from the world. Being God's priestly people, the spiritual house built upon Christ, is intended to bless us so that we can in turn bless others and then give them the knowledge of Jesus and the power of Jesus in their life. And having encountered the reconciling mercy of God, we are called to do this. Now, and this is, this is gonna be big because this is gonna be a shift for us as, as, as Christians, okay? Um, we gotta come out of this cocoon that we have allowed ourselves over the last five, 10 years to be woven into. Listen to it. He said, we are called to be priesthoods to declare the praises of him who has called us out of darkness and into the one, his wonderful light, 1 Peter 2.9. Now, I want you to see the word declare. Declare. Now, declare is not a quiet word. As you watch football, as you get around loud music, as we were singing rattled together, those were declaring words. We were singing out and yelling out and Ricky got us responding back and forth to each other. And that's what the apostle Peter says, you are a priesthood to declare. I am telling you, it is the end of the time that the church is to shut up and stay in place and be quiet. We have been quiet too long. It's like, oh, wait a minute, now you're getting back to being judgmental. No, there is a, a whole generation that doesn't know right from wrong, not because they're just evil, not because they don't want to, it's because those who know God and the truth of God and the principles of God are no longer declaring because we've been told to stay in our place. It's time for us to rise up against racial injustice, but to do it the right way. It's time for us to speak repentance to those who live around us. To once again, not be afraid of the, the idea of saying that, that people are going to die in their transgressions without God. Have we not seen that over the last three months? People will die in fear in this country. It, not because the Democrats kept silent, 
God, I wish they would keep silent. Not because the Republicans would keep silent. I gotta say this to keep things all equal. God, I wish they would keep silent. Not because of some other organization would just shut up. It's like, no, the reason why it's not working is because the church is quiet. And we're just like, I don't wanna offend anybody. Listen, politics, politics has lost governance. Um, uh, science has lost gender. I mean, our country is so freaking messed up. It's not because of the evil people. It's because the church got quiet because we wanted to be acceptable to everybody. You know, we wanted to get along with everybody. Well, this is what you get, is that everybody gets you going along because you wanted to get along with everybody. And the church has gotten along with everybody. Boy, that needs to be tweeted out. That sounds like a country song. Man, these, these boots are talking to me now, right? <laughs> I'm serious. We are the house of God, not to be quiet, but to declare the mercies and the wonders of our God, rather than seeing our identity as a matter of exclusivity, which has been a mistake in the past, or pride or being judgmental, which has been a mistake in the past, or I think our most recent mistake is seeing as our identity as being irrelevant to our society. We should embrace our call to proclaim the glory, the love, and the mercy, and the truth of God in a desperate world. That's what we're being fitted together to do. We are the house of God. We, I'm gonna say this in a way that maybe will offend some of you, but I don't think most of you. Um, we are a big friggin' deal. We are. We, the church of Jesus Christ, who he died so that we could be birthed and made alive and become new creations. We are a big freaking deal and America needs us to become a big freaking deal again. Your marriage needs it. Your children need you to make Jesus a big freaking deal. Okay, they, they need to see you make church a big deal again. You give up Target and you give up Walmart, but don't you dare give up church. Say, well, I can do church at home. Have you? Yeah, I mean, if that was working for you, let me know. I see how many people view the sermons, you know. I was so angry one day, you know, in the middle of all this, that this lady, you know, because I was counting my views, I couldn't get any feedback whether or not I was doing a good job or not. So I got these little likes or you get a little views on YouTube and it's like, oh, I got 300 views and it's like, wow. That's, you know, and then I saw that this woman, she's about 65 years old and um, not the most, you know, attractive person in the world, but, and she decided to drink a lot of Boonesbury Farm wine. You guys remember that from the 70s? And, and she decided to put on the song, Wild Thing, dun, 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 dun. and she got a hula hoop and had a halter top on, and she started swinging around with that hula hoop on. You know, she, by the end of the day, she had 30,000 views. 30,000 views. I'm out here pumping out the word of God just trying to get 300 views. And this, I mean, gee whiz. I came into the staff and I said, ah, I'm getting me a friggin' hula hoop. You know? So, and believe me, you do not want to see that. You do not want to see that. We are, we are a big friggin' deal. And God has really cured my smallness on this. 
We are studs. See, I never fought a fight in junior high. Never once fought one. I didn't have to. My older brothers were the stuff of legends. If you've ever seen the movie, and I'm not, whenever I mention a movie, that doesn't mean go home and watch it and they can get insulted that Pastor Paul watches movies like this. So don't do that. But there's this movie called Four Brothers with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, all kinds of right. I mean, it's just like, uh, I mean, this, but they're brothers and they just stuck together. And, and so my brothers were the stuff of legend. And you didn't mess with me because Tom and Jerry would come at you. I mean, they were, I know it was Tom and Jerry. That was their names. <laughs> they, would, they would come at you. And they were dangerous. Listen to the language that the Apostle Paul is using in Scripture about messing with the church. I want you to hear about, here's what happens when you mess with the church. It comes to us out of 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? He's, he's talking to a group of people like us in a situation kind of like us. He said, have you forgotten who you are? You're God's people and you're God's temple. Listen, he said, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. I mean, it's like, what? It's like, yeah, the Apostle Paul's going mafiosa on us. He's like, hey, you want to mess with the Democratic Party? Okay. You want to mess with the Republicans? Okay. But you screw with my church. You screw with my church. I'll bring you and your nation down. Woo! It's like, now some of you are like... Pastor Paul, you've just been you've been locked up way too long. But this is why the Apostle Paul says, "Do you not know, Americans, Christians, have you forgotten your heritage and not just your historical heritage, the blood, the resurrection of Jesus Christ that rose you up to be something more than a nonprofit, more than a gathering a bunch of." do-gooders, but I've raised you up to be a priesthood, to be my building, my mission on this planet. We forgot, and I get it. It's been a hard six months, and we can't wait for it to be over, can we? I'm asking you to consider maybe reevaluating the future, that while everything else is crumbling, this is the time where we need to be doing something really sneaky and start building something. Start putting something together with the inspiration of God and the power of his Holy Spirit. I know some of you are out there, that are theologians, and you're like, wow, Paul, you know, you took that 1 Corinthians 3 thing a little bit out of, because that's really referring to our bodies being temples. Uh, no, uh, it's not. Um, that's 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, where it talks about our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 3, it is Paul uses the plural indicating and in the context that it's us together that are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's like anything that comes against, tries to destroy this, God says, oh, no, you better, you better watch out. You better watch out. We make up the temple of God. Cancel culture can't cancel church. It can't. It's like, well, Paul, you can't say that anymore. Mm, I am sick of hearing that. Now, as I've been reminded by good people in this church, I need to make sure I'm saying what God's saying and shut up on everything else. 
But if God's saying it, then the people of God need to say it. And not because we're judging our world, because Jesus said, I didn't come in to judge the world or to condemn the world. That's not why. It's because people right now, we've got 18-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 25-year-olds, 30-year-olds. They don't know. It's like, what is truth? I, I don't know anymore. Whatever, whatever CNN decides it is, whatever Fox News says it is, whatever the Democrats or the Republicans say it is. So now we can't show up. We got to speak truth because the world doesn't know what it is anymore. There's an argument now whether or not two plus two equals four. And that our mathematics is racist. Okay? Now there's a lot of racist things about America. But it's not about, it's not our mathematics. It's not our, our STEM fields. How'd we get there, though? And I'm not even angry about that. It's like, how'd we get there? How'd we get to not knowing what gender is anymore or having a, a thousand of them? It's because the church got quiet. The church decided to get along, so we've been carried along. And we need to speak the truth in love because that's our priesthood. We don't have to earn it. The blood of Christ already did. You know, we have been commissioned by God. So over the past six months, I've seen the value of us soar. I really have. Um, Because we have the ability to bring healing to our society. This is what the Apostle Paul meant when he talked about us. When he talked about Crosstown Church in 2020, during a pandemic, he wrote to us and said this, I write so that you will know how you ought to conduct yourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the support of truth, 1 Timothy 3. He said, we are the pillar and the support of truth. There we are, stud word again. We are. Okay, and it doesn't say it doesn't say a truth, a religious truth, a spiritual truth, a philosophical truth. We are the pillar and the support. We are the beam and the stanchion, the foundation of truth in society of all kinds. When the church goes quiet, we can't even do friggin' math right. And you say, "Well, you go overboard. Are you sick of it already?" Oh, you just, we just gonna stand by and let America burn. And not burn because these people are, 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 are wicked more than all others. No, it's just because how can they believe unless they've heard and how can they hear unless someone sent and how can someone say, you know, how, they haven't heard. They were raised up in broken families without moms or dads and a cultural that, a, a, a political system that failed them. You know, a, a broken system And now out of angst, they respond incorrectly, but they respond. So instead of us attacking them, we stand up. And with a clarion call, we sound the trumpet of the truth and the love and the mercy of God. You see, in terms of construction, the church is a load-bearing structure. It's load-bearing. It's loaded with studs, 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 studs. It's load-bearing. Your political party is not load-bearing. It cannot handle the load. 
They can't even get along within their own parties. Okay, your, your movement, whatever it is, is not load-bearing. You know, it, it's only the church of Christ. The house will collapse, but we are the house of God. We are the basis and the support of truth. So yeah, I'm pretty glad we're getting back to church. I really am. I, I really am. Paul said it this way in Ephesians 2, you are of God's household. And you need to let that drop into you. I don't care where you are today. I don't care what you, how dysfunctional your personal life is. I don't let that stop me, and I'm dysfunctional out of the wazoo. And I have two of them, okay? I mean, it's like I am so dysfunctional, but you know what? When God says that you are, look at he's still laughing over the wazoo remark, that I had two of them. You know what the problem is? This guy's actually trying to visualize them. Okay, <laughs> I am so sorry, Simon. <laughs> but seriously, that we need to let it drop in us. We're not just casualties of a pandemic. We're not just passengers on a political barge. We are the church of the living God. We are the very stanchion and foundation of truth. So I'm glad we're back. Paul says, you are being fitted together, growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. You are a stud. God has a place for you. God has a work for you. And God wants to use us. And God wants to indwell us. And I'll close as we go into this moment of expressions. I'll close with this. And you can, you can take... And, and, and throw my opinion aside if you feel that I've given opinion. You can throw it aside and I will leave you just with the words of Jesus. If this is the only thing you take home, I will be so happy. Jesus said this, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now he didn't say the gates of hell will not prevail against the Republican Party. The gates of hell will not prevail against the Second Amendment and NRA. The gates of hell will not prevail against the Democratic Party and the left wing or whatever. The gates of hell will not prevail or infiltrate the BlackLivesMatter.com movement. It's like, no. Hell prevails against everything. And maybe you have felt a little bit of it. But Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against what he's building. Now the question is, is do you want to be a part of what he's building? Because that's the only thing that hell cannot prevail against. So today, my message to you, today, God's message to you is this, and it can be summed up in three words. Hell ends here. Hell ends here. And stop, instead of us viewing it on TV and viewing it on the web and complaining about it and all that, we rise up and we say, here and no further. And that it will not prevail against what God is building. So as we go to this time of communion, and we're just going to ask as we do this, kind of keep some spaces and just put your hand out and the communion server will, will give you 
what you need and take it back to your seat and have a moment with God. This time of giving, this time of worship, this time of uh, prayer, pinning something to the cross. Make the decision that today, oh uh, yeah, you're right. I'm just like you, Paul. I forgot who we were. I forgot who we were. We are the temple of God. We are the house of God. We are the only construction project that God has ever authorized, architected, and himself built. And God's inviting you to become a part of it. If you want your marriage to survive, maybe today you need to say to God, hell ends right here. Whether it's in your family, whether it's the conversations you have at work. You know, I got challenged by somebody, and, I, and this is a really good response. If somebody comes up to you and, and yells some political agenda to you, or, you know, and as we've seen in videos, or streaming in your face about something, uh, you know, I, I already, I'm ready. I've had somebody challenge me already, and, and I just popped up, and I'm like, here's what I believe, and I'm, I'm just as excited as you are. You know, and they're shocked when I do that. And it's like, the Jesus loves every one of us so much and he's empowered me with this Holy Spirit. And do you want to hear me speak in tongues right now? And man, they just get freaked out. But I'm serious. You throw Jesus out there. Don't argue your Republican view. Don't argue for Donald Trump. Don't argue for Joe Biden. Don't argue for the Democratic Party. Don't argue against, you know, you know, racial uh, uh, equality? Why would you argue against that? Just stand up and proclaim, as me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And that Jesus is building his church. And that end, that hell ends here. Sounds a little radical. We're in radical times. And I will tell you this, the radicals will probably win. Okay? And we were always called to be the radicals. Heavenly Father, as we enter into this moment, whether it's something that you're speaking to our personal lives, our families, our church, our marriages, where we have allowed hell to advance, today, God, thank you for reminding us who we are. And God, you call me a stud, even when I feel weak and broken and compromised. God, you call us sons and daughters of the living God, sons and daughters of Yahweh. Not of this world, but part of a kingdom. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. That's gotta matter for something. And today, Lord God, with your word, not just emotionalism, but with your words, we are able to say, Hell ends here on the doorstep of the church of God. So let me invite you to receive communion, to receive prayer, maybe pen a prayer and pin it to the cross or stay in this moment of worship and respect everyone else's spaces.